Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Full stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I love you. Toggling your balls. Toggling your balls. Where's the rodeo? Uh, toggling his balls. I like your boots. But just below your nipple. Where are you headed? The biggest one yet. Toggle your balls. Targling your balls. Fifty shades of gray. Slack, Cliffy. The biggest one yet. Cliffy. Oh my god. Hey there, teacher. It's going to be outrageous. What's my assignment? Your grandmother. I like your rubric. Break down Dale Winslow. Oh, please. Degrade me. Cliffy baseball. Weep this. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, clippy boy, baby boy. Sweet this. That's how you get blisters, Clippy. That's how you get blisters. Womack style. That sure tastes delicious. In my mouth. Hey, firewoman. Bibleopoly, Cliff. Where's the fire? Puzzle, your balls. You're a smoker. The oatmeal tasting booth. Toggling your balls. Toggle your balls. Baby Butter Boy. The biggest and the best. You goddamn Butter Boy, son of a bitch. I can't get out of fuck of you, son of a bitch. To the Womack family holiday spectacular. Your grandmother just told me the good news. Or as we like to call it, the pizzle. Hellman's mayonnaise. The raucous red glare, the bombs bursting in air, and a delicious Helios pizza in your oven. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, 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 it's podcast time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Another day, another podcast. We'll have so much fun. We'll have some laughs. We'll share some stories. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Mm, I don't know. I got a bunch of stuff written down. We're gonna do. I'm gonna do some OJ today. I'm gonna do some sounding board theater. But I'm trying to figure out. You know what? Here's where I'm gonna start with uh, a little bit of feedback from uh, from last week. Ah, Nate. Thanks, buddy. Uh, so Nate writes just listen to the kb prank call hilarious and he said that this the fab 60s song was epic and that the dollar dog the fritz weatherby fake fritzy 
was effing hysterical. The names you made up, OMG. I laughed so hard by myself. <laughs> uh, that's great, man. Thanks, buddy. Oh, and you right. Nate also said, I'm so glad you do the podcast. You, you should seriously do a podcast. Oh, wait a minute. Where am I? Where am I? Uh... Oh, wait. Well, since, since I'm all caught up, can you just call me and talk into the phone like it's a podcast? I won't respond at all. And then that gave me the idea that that could be like the highest tier of my Patreon for like, I don't know, only like $1,000 a month. I'll just call you directly for an, I'll just talk to you for an hour. You don't talk to me. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. I mean, I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want to have like a conversation. So I think Nate's, Nate's got the right idea. I just call and I just do like an, like an exclusive podcast directly, directly to lucky listeners or very rich or very fiscally irresponsible listeners who would pay me a thousand, just a thousand dollars a month. That's all. And I'll call you for a thousand dollars a month. I think I think once a week for an hour is reasonable. Maybe once a month for an hour. Yeah. Anyway, I love it, Nate. Thanks, man. That's awesome. Oh man. <clears throat> so it's it's unbelievable, right? The weekend's almost upon us already. It just seems like uh, last weekend was just here, like six, five or six days ago. It's unbelievable. We went to the... F- uh, what the fuck did we do? Friday night, we didn't do anything. Saturday, we went we went to the drive-in movie. Went to the drive-ins. And it's like, I don't know, Kimmy and I, we used to go to the drive-in all the time. I mean, when I was a kid, all my friends, I remember uh, packing... All of us into the back back in the old day, the drive-in, yeah, you know that's where you went in high school. Sometimes back back in those days, they would charge you a t- you know per person. So obviously, we'd always you know we try to throw some folks into the trunk. Now they charge you by the car. It's like twenty seven dollars for a car, which is pretty good. I mean, for four of us, for twenty seven dollars to go see two movies, technically two or maybe even three movies, kinda sorta, because I snuck over and watched Spider Man. Uh, while the kids and Kimmy watched Toy Story 4 for the third time. Uh, Once was enough for me. Loved it. It's great. It might have been, I think I might, uh, it was the best one. I think it's the best of the Toy Stories. But, uh, you know, one one time was good. Eh, you know, I came back for some of the jokes that I liked. Uh, but I hadn't seen Spider-Man, so I wanted to see Spider-Man. And so so we watched The Lion King and then Spider-Man. I watched, I walked over and stood next to a car. I, I, anyway, I'll get to that in a sec, but... Yeah, I mean, go, Jesus Christ, I have, like, early memories. I remember being 15 and my parents took us to the drive-ins to see Babe. You know that pig movie? <laughs> like, like teenagers in the back of the car watching Babe. And I don't know why. I don't. I mean, it was good, but it was fun. We saw Babe and we saw Apollo, Apollo 13. Was that the movie? Was Tom Hanks in that? Gary Sinise? Did they reunite as, as Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan? And then go into space. I think that's I think that's exactly the uh, the plot of that movie, if I remember right. Uh, and then you know, goddamn, yeah, there, we we would sneak sneak people into the trunk. Uh, one time we all we put items in the trunk of the car, and then of course the the natural joke is we get into the drive-ins and we're all debating whether or not we want to let them out of the trunk. <laughs> Which we did, of course. Well, we wouldn't leave them in the trunk. Uh, so quiet, quiet, you. Uh, 
And then, you know, as the years went on, you get, you know, go to the drive-ins a bunch in high school and like college when you're home for summer, that's fun. Go to the drive-in. And then, of course, Kimmy and I would go to the drive-ins when we were dating. We went and saw a bunch of Harry Potters there. We, we saw tons of stuff. Transformers. I don't know. We saw a ton of things. And then uh, we saw the Garfield movie with Bill Murray. I think that was the double feature at Harry Potter. And yeah, sure, maybe we had sex in the back seat of her car a few times. What's the big deal? That's another thing you do at the drive-ins. It was not like we were out in the open. I guess I didn't need to even tell you that, but I did. Yep. So that was good. We would uh, actually, it was during Garfield. We watched we watched Harry Potter, Harry Potter and the <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban, which we saw I think eighteen times in the movies. We saw it on opening day, like in the morning. We went and saw it at Crossgates, and then we saw it at Proctor's when they played all of the Harry Potters. They had played one, two, three, all in a row. Just this marathon Saturday afternoon that we went and saw the Harry Potter, all of the movies at Proctor's. Which, for those of you who don't know, it's a, Proctor's is a beautiful old theater in Schenectady, New York. Gorgeous place. A lot of, lot of plays, musicals, and things. Big time, you know, big time Broadway stuff comes there, all that shit. And then they used to sometimes have movies. And, uh, yeah, so we got to see Harry Potter. And then we saw it at the drive-in. And, and then afterwards, it's like, who fucking gives a shit about uh, Garfield? And so, you know, instead of just leaving, we thought, hey, let's have sex. So that's what we would do. We'd <laughs> climb in the back seat of her car and uh, and get busy. Get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs> oh, my God. And a Dufresne crawled through three miles of stinking shit and so forth I couldn't imagine to come out a clean man on the other side. I hope to see my friend again. <laughs> what the what the fuck is happening right now? This is what happens when I do a podcast on a Thursday. I'm just I'm out of I'm all out of sorts. You know what? Just pretend you didn't even hear that stuff about uh, about Kimmy and I. Even though that was a frequent that was a frequent thing back in the day. <laughs> oh man, there's nothing like car sex, is there? <laughs> I'm not laughing at myself for me. I'm laughing at uh, the inevitable moment when Kimmy listens to this podcast, and I could and probably should just go back and delete everything now. But come on, we're all adults here. We're all, everybody does it right. We all do it. We've all had those moments. John and Kim crawled in the back of her Mitsubishi Eclipse. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? John and Kim crawled in the back of her 2002 Mitsubishi Eclipse. <laughs> I can't even. Never mind. During a sh- during a drive-in screening of Garfield Tale of Two Kitties and had sexual relations in a way I'd never seen done before. Oh, I should I should really be deleting all of this. I'm pretty sure. And yet here I sit. Going forward into the podcast. <sighs> yep, so episode 15. <laughs> episode 15. <laughs> this may be where it all comes to an end. Cause, because later that day, Kimmy came home and stabbed John 57 times in the chest and neck. 
for talking about their sexual relations on the podcast. Oh, man. Remember that time I got into a car accident because I was receiving oral sex? <laughs> I also played God one time. What the fuck is right? I have the giggles today. Oh, Christ, what were you even talking about? Yeah, the fucking drive-in, man. It's like, I love the drive-in, but honestly, I love my drive-in. So, <clears throat> if it's not the Malta drive-in in, in Malta, New York, it's just not the same. Um, Although, I, I went to the Jericho drive-in one time. That was pretty nice. Wherever the fuck, I don't even know where that is. It's somewhere near Albany. We went and saw Harry Potter uh, 5 there with some friends. Les was there. And Justine, Kimmy and I also saw Harry Potter 5 at the Malta Drive-In. I, I, that's the best, man. When the Harry Potter movies came out and you're under like a, a crisp, clear, beautiful summer sky watching Harry Potter. Oh, that's, that's the greatest. I love, when you, I love when you're watching a movie out under the stars and then the movie has the night sky in the movie. So it looks like the screen just extends out into the universe. So that, like, every Harry Potter has scenes with the night sky in the background, you know, like at the Weasley's house and things like that. Anyway, and uh, so Lion King did as well. We saw Lion King. That was the first feature. And, uh, ooh, baby. Snooze Fest. Oh, it's, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of the, the original cartoon. I mean, it's it's a classic. I, I recognize that it's a classic, and the songs, obviously, you know, so much of what makes these movies classics are the, the, the songs, the music, and everything. Uh, but, boy, it's just, like, just going through the motions. Let's get this over with. I mean, it's just, it's like shot for shot, but then instead of all the, the beautiful colors and animation and the facial features it's just like these stupid cg lions like uh, who cares anyway so you know suffered through that and it wasn't that bad I and mean, we didn't suffer but the the consensus amongst the all four of us was like wow that was really boring that was really lame uh i did not feel that way about aladdin as i believe i have mentioned on a previous podcast uh we enjoyed the aladdin remake i liked it i really liked it but I'm a I'm a Will Smith homer, so I'm gonna like you know just I mean I I like Wild Wild West, so what do I what do I know about anything? I shouldn't say that I liked Wild Wild West, and it's a very sentimental movie because it was the first movie that Kimmy and I saw together uh, at the at the movie theater, and uh, so yeah, it's a and then of course we came out at our wedding to the Wild Wild West theme song Will Smith. Uh, so anyway, but but I thought he was good. I thought Will Smith was a good genie. Like, how do you how do you you don't replace Robin Williams as the genie? You do kind of your own thing, and that's what Will Smith did. I think that's the difference. This this Aladdin movie, a lot of the same songs, but they kind of you know change the arrangements of the music a little bit. It's it's obviously not the same people, and it's humans, so you can you know have like human emotions and facial features and things like that, and. Uh, you know, so that's cool. And then this Lion King, it's just it's just jungle animals, and they're not really, you know, it's just kind of lame. That's that's I didn't like it. Didn't hate it. Didn't like it. It was fine, fine to see it once. But Jesus, I'm glad we saw it at the drive-ins. I would have been, oh my God, I would have been pissed if we paid full price to see the Lion King. One improvement though, I liked, uh, you know. 
everybody loves Jeremy Irons, <clears throat> I guess. And, uh, you know, always chewing the scenery, Jeremy Irons. Uh, you know, he was great as Scar in the original. I like I liked this Scar better. I thought that was, uh, this guy was really good. Fantastic Scar. So if you go see Lion King, I think uh, go see it for Scar. Fantastic, fantastic Scar performance. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Is that how you say his name? He's Scar. He's He was fucking awesome. He was fucking awesome, dude. And, uh, yeah, he's great. Also, uh, yeah, Donald Glover. He's always, he's good in everything. He was good, you know, he's fine. And then, uh, and then Billy Agner was great as Timon. Really funny. Really funny. Good Timon. Good Timon, Billy Agner. Anyways, uh, but this goddamn, you know, first of all, we get to the drive-ins. Jesus Christ. I get no emails and texts until I start, until I start recording this podcast. And then my phone, I put it on silent. The computer, the phone, the whole thing. Shut up, everybody. Shut up. Uh... It's just such a, it's an interesting place, though, especially in New Hampshire. And I never got the weird, like, yeah, there's, you know, there's some weird, like, rednecky vibes going on at the, at the drive-ins. I never got it as much from the, from the ones back in New York, but the one in, out way out in the country in New Hampshire, eh, it's, it's a little different. And then, of course, you've got this one, you know, what the fuck, man? Do you need to you need to smoke cigarettes at the drive-ins? Maybe the, maybe who knows? I, I don't know. I I don't remember. I don't remember a lot of cigarette smoking at the drive-ins back in the day. Now, probably because I was smoking cigarettes at the drive-ins 20 years ago. But but more recently, even, you know, Kimmy and I were still even with Baby Cameron, we went and saw Hot Tub Time Machine and something else, like Clash of the Titans was the last drive-in we went to with Baby Cameron in New York. I don't. I don't recall a lot of smoking going on, and at this fucking drive-in in New Hampshire, you know, all the rednecks are out there. And yeah, I'm not equating smoking with being a redneck, but I also I am equating smoking with being a redneck in this scenario. <laughs> are all smokers rednecks? No. Are all rednecks smokers? Probably. Are all smokers at the drive-ins, rednecks who are smokers, yes. So in this case, I'm just, I'm lumping them together. Sorry, I'm, you know, I'm a classist. What can I say? I am. I really am. And I'm not even going to, I would never apologize for it. I don't give a shit. I'm better than a lot of people, and I just want to point that out while I'm judging others who I don't feel live up to my standards of excellence, be that uh, behaviorally or aesthetically. So, sorry, that's just how the birthday boy operates. That's just classic Johnny boy. So, but also, you're at a drive-in movie, and it's the fucking Lion King. You know, okay, if we went to the drive, like, this coming weekend is the Hobbs and Shaw followed by the Gator movie, Crawl. You know what? If we took the kids to those movies, and there's a bunch of people smoking cigarettes, I would say, yeah, I guess we kind of, I guess we kind of get what you pay for here. We went to a movie, two double-featured things that's not for kids and there's you know they're smoking cigarettes and shit all over the place but it's the fucking lion king lion king and toy story 4 double feature and on the other screen by the way the, the there's two screens the other screen is also lion king followed by spider-man so generally speaking you've got two screens 
with like four and a half, five hours worth of children or at the very least family features. So goddamn leave your cigarettes at home, you fucking redneck idiot. Luckily, that was only seemed to be at the beginning while everybody's getting their snacks and, you know, get one last smoke. But, like, Jesus Christ, the number of people, the number of these fucking redneck slobs walking around. They've got a fucking ice cream in one hand dripping all over themselves like an asshole. And then a cigarette in the other hand. Like, mmm. Which one washes down which? I don't know. They're both so good. Anyway. uh, (laughs) There's this one guy. He's just, he's just like, what would you call it? Is he shimmying? Shuffling, shuffling. Just this little, like, just this hillbilly little guy. Looks like, you know, Uncle Jesse from Dukes of Hazard. He looks, he looks like the rednecks from, uh, from the Ozarks and Bugs Bunny, you know, and he's got him square dancing. He looked like one of those guys. He's got his overalls, his little hat. I got me all gussied up for a trip to the big city to Milford, New Hampshire for the motion picture. And this guy's fucking beard down to the down to the ground, cigarette dangling. And he's just he's shuffling around and he's just he's walking. He's walking up to every car in the row in front of us and peeking in the window like what the fuck? Clearly, he has no idea where his car is, where his family has gone. He's in, you know, the wrong row. And he's just, he's going up to every car, just like a fucking horror movie, just peering into the into the front windshield, looking into the side. Like, what? These cars all look completely different. How many cars do you have that you can't remember which one's yours? Oh, let me go check this uh, SUV here. No, maybe it's this pickup truck. No, maybe it's this BMW sedan. They all look exactly the same to me. Oh my God, he was fucking out of it. And then just his feet don't leave the ground. He's just... And then you see him pull out his cell phone. Where where are you? <laughs> where, where is you guys at? I can't find you. This is what happens when we go into the big city. I get lost among all the hustle and bustle. It's fucking farmland out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, God. And then, of course, we're sitting there and we get situated. The kids have little blankets and pillows in the back of the car so they can relax. They come around with the twine so we can tie our, you know, you got to pull your, your hatch down so it's not higher than the car. And that's that's fine. That's understandable. Of course, we were at the very back row. The next row of cars was facing the Spider-Man, you know, the other, the other screen. So it's like, who fuck, nobody can, we're not blocking anybody, but okay. We'll do it. So we tie, we, when I say we, I mean Kim tied down the, the hatch just a little lowered it a little bit and then tied it up with the twine and that worked just fine. And then of course this pickup truck pulls in front. We had like a perfect unobstructed view and then this pickup truck pulls up and it's like, "Eh, okay. So we kind of, you know, if we sit in our little chairs, you know, the, the bottom like inch of the screen is cut off. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's inconsequential, but it's just annoying. Like, okay. Well, then, then this guy's got like, he's throwing shit up on top of the roof of his truck 
and he's got like a you know a tarp and he's just shit that was in his truck he's just now putting up on the roof of the truck because he thought this is the best place he backed in so everybody can sit in the back sit in the flatbed of the truck they've got their little chairs and so I'm like well why can't while they're watching the movie if he doesn't have if he have to if he had to empty out the flatbed of the truck why not just put all that shit in the front seat or something cuz nobody's obviously nobody's going to sit in the front seat so I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to go crazy yet because the movie hasn't started. It'll obstruct the little cartoon dancing candy bar thing, dancing hot dogs, and whatever. He'll he'll take it down, and then he comes. He goes to the bathroom, he comes back, and then he does. He takes down one of the things, one of the three items that was on the roof of his truck. And I'm like, okay, he's just he's still getting. He's still getting settled in. The movie hasn't started, so fine. We'll give him a time to settle in. And maybe because they've got guys walking around with the twine and telling people you got to move your car, you're too, you're taking up two spots. You got to, you know, two cars need to fit between these poles. Okay, we'll move. We'll lower our thing. We'll lower our hatch, and we'll do all this. And there's they've got guys doing a pretty good job of making sure that people are where they need. You know, the cars are where they need to be, and everything's working the way it needs to work. And so, like, okay, great. And so I thought, well, maybe this guy is going to go up to this dude and be like, hey, man, you know, while we're telling everybody to lower their hatch, uh, maybe somebody will go up to this guy and tell him to take all this fucking shit off of his car. And one of the things that looked like a fucking HDMI projector that you see at an office, I couldn't tell what the fuck it was. It was, he just has all, you know, he has like a whole cabinet full of nonsense on on the roof of his truck. And I'm like, is this, you know, he's, he's still... He had three items. He took one down. He's not done. So we'll just give him time. Give him time to get the rest of his shit. And then, of course, the movie starts. And he gets up and he grabs the thing. And the thing that looked like a projector. And I'm like, oh, good. He's going to take his stuff down. Great. Just in time. He's going to get all this crap out of the way. Because, obviously, we're sitting here staring at him like, hey, you're blocking everything. Uh, Nope. What he did was he got up on the roof of the truck so then uh, the thing that looked like a projector was actually a, like a giant boombox. And what he did was take the huge antenna off the boombox and raise it up directly up into the air. Like maybe like a 45 degree angle, just the perfect angle to pretty much obstruct. You know, it's, it's an antenna, so it's not obviously I can still see the screen, but like. You know, you don't want to go to the movies and see a fucking radio antenna in front of your face while you're trying to watch fucking Lion King, even if it is boring. So, so then I'm like, oh, God damn it. Now I, okay, so he's just going to, he's he has tuned, instead of using his truck stereo, this jackass has brought a separate little radio boombox thing, and he is tuning it to the FM station that picks up the audio for the movie. And his plan is to just leave it on the roof of his truck the whole fucking night. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So, and I just very slowly, <laughs> I just hate to, I hate to have to, because you don't know, you're at the drive-ins, there's just so many lunatics. And let's be honest, New Hampshire has its very fair share, the, the per capita lunatic population is a very small state population-wise. You know, I mean, it's a small state period, but, like, there's a million people in the whole state. It's not very big. There's not a lot of people, and there's a lot of fucking nuts, and there's more. The ratio is not the same as other states, uh, certainly in the Northeast. It's a different ratio. 
in New Hampshire. So you just, you don't know what's going to happen when you just walk up to somebody at the drive-in and then ask them to take their shit off the roof. So now I'm looking like old hillbilly Uncle Jesse as I'm just like shuffling with my head down as I, as I walk over to this guy. And then I get over there and he and his wife are sitting on the, on the bed of their truck facing the movie and they've got some other people sitting on lawn chairs and I just walk up to the to the bed of the truck, I'm like, you know, and I'm not like timid. I don't, you know, I hate doing this. I hate having to converse with anybody or certainly confront anybody. I'll always do it. I just don't like it, especially when it's something so fucking idiotic as like common courtesy, like common courtesy shit. That's the problem. Like a con- if it's something that's like, oh, hey, he doesn't know that he's blah, blah, blah. This guy just put a boombox on the roof of his truck in front of a bunch of other cars watching, facing the same direction, and then lifted the antenna high up, you know, eight feet up in the air, blocking the screen. He doesn't really give a shit about common courtesy, so I don't know how he's going to react to me politely asking him to take his radio down. So I walked over, and I'm like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, can you take all of your things off the roof because we are right behind you and can't see the movie because it's a drive-in and everybody has roofs on their cars and so if you put a thing on the roof of your already too tall car it just makes it blocks even more i can't see pumba i can't see pumba you asshole i can't see rafiki I don't know what Rafiki's doing. Is he lifting up Simba yet? I can't tell because this fuck face has his radio and his antenna blocking me. Guys, let's go. So this guy... And this guy wanted to kill me. Um, I think he wanted to just, you know, OJ me. Oh, hey, what does that mean? Just be really nice to him and invite him to a game of golf? No, OJ, you fuck. He wanted to slice and dice me in the throat like you did, you fucking asshole. So uh, he did, and then he and his wife, they didn't say a word. They just both looked at me like I'm the fucking asshole. I'm the fucking asshole. The guy with the radio on top of his roof of his fucking truck is looking at me like I'm a fucking asshole. Oh, it's, sorry, fuckface. Am I disturbing your enjoyment of the movie? You're trying to watch the movie? And I'm coming over here interrupting to ask you to take your fucking shit off the roof of your car, you stupid, inconsiderate, hillbilly, inbred piece of shit. And of, of course, you know, the thing the thing that's crazy, too, is like, this kind of shit happens to me all the time. And we left for this drive-in, and I'm like, I get anxiety because I'm like, I'm going to have to talk to so- like something like this is going to happen. And then the whole way over there, and this is why positivity is fucking bullshit, because the whole way over there, I'm like, nope, nope, that's not going to happen. Nothing, nothing weird's gonna happen. I'm not gonna have to ask somebody to do something. It's just gonna be a nice little, uh, nice little trip. Like you know, like back in the old days when douchebags would have their little Bluetooth earpiece in. And one time there's a kid in front of us with a fucking Bluetooth earpiece in the movie theater at Crossgates, and it's blinking, blink, 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 blink the whole fucking time. And finally, after like five minutes, I had to tap him on the shoulder like, "Can you like?" Do you need that on? You you expecting a call? Fuckhead, turn it off. And he did. And it's you know I haven't I haven't gotten killed yet. Just politely asking somebody to not be a piece of shit in society, in a society where we're trying to like all do the same thing. Don't be a fucking dickhead. Just like this guy. Anyway, I saw him the whole drive over there. I'm like, nope, 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 
nothing crazy is going to happen. We're just going to get a nice little spot, good view. We'll set up our things, we'll get some food, have snacks, hot dogs, popcorn, all that shit, nachos. I'm going to stuff my face and uh, and nothing. That's it. And we're going to enjoy the movie and then leave. And so, of course, the power of positivity, what happens is this dickwad puts his stupid fucking FM radio on top of the car with his antenna and I have to go over there and then he and then I have to stare back at him while he and his stupid bitch wife are staring at me like I'm fucking crazy excuse me can would you mind taking that down that's all I said would you excuse me would you mind taking the FM radio off off the car cuz uh, my children and I can't see cuz they're kids because they're kids who came to see the Lion King you fucking 60 year old piece of shit with your truck your fucking radio. He's just staring at me. And then he like, you know, and then he takes the big huff and then like grabs the radio. I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. You know what? Never mind. Put it back up there. I paid, uh, you know, I paid $27 just like you did. I'll, I'll go, uh, you know, I'll go fucking dip my head in the toilet. That's what I deserve, right? You shithead. Fucking roof of your car to drive in with a fucking FM radio, you dumb fuck. Uh, so it was a nice time. It was a really nice time. Good time. But he took it down, you know, whatever. He took it down, and that was the last I thought of him the whole time, because then the rest of the night I'm just thinking, like, oh, my God. When is this When is this goddamn movie over? Because it's so boring. It's so boring. I mean, it's The Lion King. It's like, I don't know what I expected. Like, it's The Lion King. It's the same shit as the cartoon, just not as good. Uh, but then, then Toy Story came on, and Spider-Man came on the other screen, and I just, uh, yeah, I would I would hang out and watch a little bit of Toy Story, and then I would go watch Spider-Man. Most of the time, I was just standing. I found a truck that was blasting the Spider-Man audio on their FM stereo, and I just went and I stood. I could have I could have dragged a chair over, but you know, I just I stood, and I enjoyed uh, Spider-Man. It was good. If, particularly when uh, that girl, Spidey, Spider-Man's roommate, has a girlfriend or something, and they're on like a, f- they're on the London Eye, they're on the wheel, and uh, you know Spider-Man's identity is whatever, and and there's Spider-Man showing up, and he's he's dressed in black, and then the the girlfriend of the roommate is like, hey, is that Spider-Man? And the roommate's you know obviously not, he's trying not to release his identity, and he goes, no, uh, that's uh, that's a different superhero, that's uh, that's Night Monkey. And the girlfriend, <laughs> sorry, spoilers, I guess. And the girlfriend yells, Night Monkey, save us! <laughs> save us, Night Monkey! I thought that was funny. That was a good joke. Good fun joke. Anyway, so, you know, I dread going to, well, I dread going anywhere because something stupid happens. Kimmy and I, there's just some magnetism, just some, like, piece of shit magnet that we have because we would go. All the t- we used to go to the movies all the time. We saw every goddamn shitty movie that was out there, and most of them suck. And we would go see all of them back in the day. And uh, we would walk into a theater, whether it was packed or whether it was empty. No matter what happened, the if there were two other people in the entire theater, they would come. Uh, two there would be four. It'd be us and four other people, and two people would sit directly in front of us, and then two people would sit directly behind us, and we'd look at each other like, "What? Why?" The whole, the whole theater is open. Why? Why? Why are you choosing? Why are you choosing us every time to sit behind and sit? Why? So it's just, you know, and some people have that. Some people have like a fucking, you know, they attract the fucking idiots. And that's, uh, that's what I do. I attract the idiots. 
<sighs> but I guess really, what would this podcast be without without all the <laughs> all the fucking whack packers who I cross paths with on a regular basis? Which reminds me, uh, my buddy Alex texted me. He was at Shaw's the other day because, uh, yeah, Kimmy saw, you know, Freddie, uh, Freddie Fistbump, whatever his name is, running. She said, yeah, he was just kind of like, he was just kind of walking around doing doing nothing. He doesn't seem to do anything over there, which uh, that might be true. That might be true. Alex texted me to say that he was uh, Freddie. Freddie Fistbump was in the middle of the aisles just dancing, busting a move. And then I'm sure complaining to anyone who would listen about how how, how hard he works. <laughs> uh, what the f- what the f- yeah I have to I haven't I guess I haven't really been to I haven't been to Shaw's in a while I have to get back over there. I was at Costco last night getting those vanilla shakes, man, protein shakes. To avoid to avoid getting the shakes, I get the shakes to avoid the shakes. Got to avoid the shake shakes. Get the shakes, and then I got my veggie straws. Do you care about that? I got my veggie straws. They they didn't have them in. Right before the 4th of July, there was a week where there were no veggie straws. I like to eat my veggie straws. It's part of my, you know, as I'm counting all the things that I eat, and these are relatively, as far as salty snacks go, they're, you know, on the healthier side. And they've got a sweet potato veggie straw, which is delightful. And then right before 4th of July, there was a week where there were no veggie straws at all in Costco, and I flipped the fuck out. I ran up to every employee that I could find, just grabbing them by the collar and shaking them, and where are the veggie straws? And uh, and then a week later, they had Stars and Stripes veggie straws, which were good. Some of them were shaped like straws. Some of them were shaped like stars, and they were tasty. But it wasn't the same. It wasn't my, I want the sweet potato flavor. I don't want those Stars and Stripes. I want sweet potatoes, baby. And uh, and they got rid of the Stars and Stripes about two weeks ago. And there were no veggie straws last week. And I had, a, I, had a, I got, like, uh, these other snacks that just don't hold up. Uh, but God damn it, I walked in there last night, and what was there? Veggie straws with sweet potatoes. And so I got, like, eight bags of them just in case. It's like, yeah, it's like having, like, a, like a doomsday uh, bunker prep thing where it's just vanilla shakes and veggie straws, which is fine. I could live off that. Isn't that interesting? Oh, my God. Isn't that so interesting? I bought veggie straws yesterday. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Yep. I know. It's uh, it's an exciting life I lead. Don't be jealous. Just listen to the Birthday Boy podcast and live vicariously through me. do that every time. I just go, oh, it's ridiculous. So I, I spent, uh, so Saturday night, went to, we went to the drive-ins, as I mentioned. I spent from about 8 a.m. Sunday until about 8 p.m. Sunday. I did nothing but play Red Dead 2. That's it. I've been, I got it when it came out last October. Sometimes I go months without playing it, and then other times I just go fucking balls deep it's uh oh man <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything except the kids like they love watching me uh just i ride around and cause ca- havoc i wreak havoc and i cause chaos uh but at one point i took a break 
to talk to Kimmy. We were just kind of hanging out. I think I had lunch or something. And it's just, I, I, so we were talking about, I don't even know how this came up. I, I was basically just talking about uh, what a piece of shit I was in, in grade school and high school. Just kind of a douche. And, uh, you know, Kimmy has repeatedly said she would have wanted nothing to do with me back then, which is true. She would have fucking hated me. Uh, it was, I, don't, I don't know how this came up. We were talking about, I had, you know, people who had connected with me on Facebook and, like, I was worried, like, oh, my God, they what if I was a jerk? To, you know, I, I was thinking, like, I was a jerk to this guy. I hope, they, I hope they're okay if we be friends because I feel bad. Like, are there certain people I almost want to apologize to on Facebook? Uh, this particular individual is not one of them because I don't really care. <laughs> I don't care enough, but I think that's how this came up. We were talking about in sixth grade when Shima was invited. I don't even I, I won't mention the person's name. It's just uh, that's a, that's one nice thing I can do. Shima was invited to this this dude's uh, birthday party. We'll call him we'll call him Rob, even though that's not his name at all. Uh, <laughs> So Shima was invited to Rob's birthday party, and I was I was like, hey, what the fuck? How come I'm not invited? Even though we're not really friends, you know, why is Shimo going and I'm not? So I kind of weaseled my way into this birthday party. It was a sleep. It was a fucking slumber sleepover party, whatever you call it. And like, it's it's not just like you know a couple hours in the afternoon at the arcade or Pizza Hut. It's like a full Friday evening. Saturday morning, Friday night, sleepover, the whole thing. And I just like, I weaseled, I completely weaseled my way in and got invited to this party. I said, hey, so I, I hear Shimo's going to your birthday party. Yeah. Well, how, I didn't get an invitation. And I said it like that too. I was like, I didn't get an invitation. How, what the fuck? He's like, oh, let me, uh, let me talk to my parents and see what I can do. I'm like, yeah, you do that. You should do that, Rob. Uh, which is definitely not the name of the person that I'm referring to. Uh, I was definitely creative enough to come up with a, 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 an alias, an alias. Uh, so anyway, so Rob uh, then came back the next day and said, hey, I talked to my parents. They're okay. You can come to the to the birthday party. Great. I'll be there. And uh, I don't remember much, and Joe doesn't remember. I, I, I texted Shimo to see if he could, you know, drum up any memories from, from back in the day, back in 1991. And nobody nobody recalls too much about this party except the thing that I do recall is I invited myself I was not welcome I was not invited I wasn't really friends with Rob as I make air quotes around his name which is definitely not Rob uh, so I wasn't invited but I weaseled my way into the party and then proceeded to spend the next I don't know 15 or 16 hours however long we were there uh, just ripping on everything just ripping on the whole party because it was it was a <laughs> it was a really lame party <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind saying uh, it was really bad. It was just like nothing was really planned out. It was just like let's have everybody over and we'll just wing it. It wasn't really you know there wasn't much you know games or activities. It was just uh, get the dudes to get you know every other sleepover party I've been to. It's like ah we'll go bowling or we'll go to the movies or we'll go to Pizza Hut or we'll go to McDonald's or something or we'll order pizza. Or we'll have you know we'll watch movies. We'll play video games. There's nothing. There's fucking nothing going on at this kid's house. He didn't have video games. He didn't have a, a fucking cable TV as far as I knew. They didn't rent any goddamn movie. It was just nothing. It was like, hey, come on over. We have nothing planned. Welcome to a, the shittiest birthday party ever. 
and I didn't let the fact that I was not invited deter me from critiquing and criticizing every aspect of this birthday party, as I just mentioned. And I was critiquing the fact that there was no, you know, where, where the game, you know, I was, I, I sounded like fucking Peppermint Patty talking to Charlie Brown on Thanksgiving. You know, where's the turkey, Chuck? Where's the sweet potatoes, Chuck? Where's the mashed potatoes, Chuck? You know, I'm like, where's the pumpkin pie, Chuck? That's what I was like. Hey, hey, Rob, where's where's the Nintendo, Rob? Where, where's Sega Genesis, Rob? Where are the movies, Rob? Where's the pizza, Rob? What are we going to do, Rob? When are we going to, when is this party going to actually start, Rob? And then, you know, and Shima was, we were all kind of like, everybody, all of the guests of the party, and I don't remember who they all were except Shimo and myself, we were all kind of in the same boat. Like, yeah, what, what the fuck are we doing? What's, you know, when does it start? When are we going to do something? And, uh, and, of course, Rob was getting very upset because um, clearly uh, he realized that he was a poor host, uh, even to the uninvited. He was, you know, you still should, even if somebody invites themselves to your birthday party, you should still be a, a, grace, a gracious and graceful host. And he was neither of those things. And he had nothing for us to do, nothing good for us to eat. It was just, it was really just like, you know, let's. Uh, let's go to an abandoned shack in the woods and just sit there. Might as well have done that. Maybe it would have been more interesting. And so, so we're just kind of ripping on him. And I just, I, I, I fucking said, so I feel, I do feel kind of shitty about it, but not really. I would feel shittier if I had hosted a lousy birthday party. And that's the thing. She and I were talking about, like, you may not have liked us, but at least you had fun at our party. There was always something. There was video games. There was McDonald's. There was dinosaurs. There was an obstacle course. There was pizza. There was Pizza Hut. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. There was all kinds of shit. It's things to do, things to play, things to, like, you know, get into. And you, so, like, come to my birthday party, even if we're not really friends. You know, bring me a present. Enjoy my house and my food and my video games and my toys. And then get the fuck out of here. And this kid had no toys. He had no games. He had nothing. It was just, like... It was just a house of shit. It was just a house of nothing happening. It was just a big house and nothing happening. That's what it was. It wasn't a house of shit. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a shitty party. It wasn't a shit house or anything like that. It's not like his not like his family was shit. It's not like his dad was shit. It's not like his mom was shit. It's not like he was shit. Just his party was shit. His party was shit and his house was shit in the sense that there wasn't shit to do. It was shit by not being shit. It was it was shit by not having shit to do. That's that's what I'm trying to say. So in a way, he deserved my critique, even though I was not in any way, shape, or form welcome at his house um, and would have been better off. I mean, that's the, that's, the cruel, that's the cruel irony is that, you know, I get invited. I do not get invited to this party. I would have had a better time if I had just left it alone and not invited myself to the party. So, yeah. Uh, so, so Rob, uh, we're, we're, at one point, we're just sitting in his bedroom. We're just sitting in his fucking bedroom. Like, I remember I'm just sitting on his top bunk, just staring at the wall. We're all just, you know, he's he's trying to come up. And every idea that this kid has is worse than the last one. It's like, dude, don't, you're just, you're just making things worse, Rob. You're just making things worse. And so he keeps coming up with one lousy suggestion after another to do these stupid games and stupid things that he wanted to play. And it was his birthday. We should have done that. But instead, we were just like, dude, you know, these are terrible ideas. You're really, really not... You're really bad at this, Rob. You're really bad at, at this whole birthday party thing. I don't know what your previous birthday parties were like, but this one's this one is really falling apart. It's it's really you know this is the fucking Titanic right now. We start playing the violin. <clears throat> God damn. <clears throat> I'll leave that in. Fuck it. Coughing. Really professional.
So, 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 so everybody, I mean, he's just getting it from all sides. Like this party sucks. It's lame. <laughs> I'm having a terrible time. <laughs> and then like, I, I just said, I was like, I was like, man, and to think I could just be sitting at home doing absolutely nothing right now. And then Rob looked at me and he goes, that's nice, John. That's really nice. Especially considering you weren't even, weren't even invited. <laughs> Touche, Robert. Touche. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I didn't have anything to say. So I just, I kind of laughed. I said, yeah, you, you kind of got my number on that one, pal. I was not invited, <laughs> but yet, but yet here I am. Uh, you know, you, you, I wasn't invited, but then, yeah, I invited myself, but also you could have just said no. You could have just said, uh, you know, you're not really my friend. I don't particularly like you, so you're not coming. But instead, he said, oh, let, me, let me just check with my parents, and then came back the next day and invited me like a fucking idiot. I mean, it's your fault for inviting me. You don't want to have a lousy party, <laughs> you know, plan something, and also don't invite somebody who's not really your friend who you know is going to shit all over your party if it's not uh, up to his up to his standards, which it wasn't. And anyway, it wasn't up to my standards. It wasn't up to Shimo's standards. It wasn't up to anybody's standards. It was, it was a fucking... You know, a fucking sewer rat would have said, wow, this sucks. So we, we let Rob know that in no, uh, uh, in no uncertain terms. And, uh, you know, he called me out. And then, and then he, he, you know, he, he just kind of started flipping out on every. It just escalated, snowballed real fast. And he's flipping out on everybody. And they're like, dude, what are we going to do? This sucks. And then uh, somebody, I think Joe Goth here, I, I, he told him, you know, he said, calm down, Hondo. <laughs> Something, some ridiculous, nonsensical thing like that, and then Rob just really, he's just, you know, and then the f bomb started flying, and he's, you know, fuck you, fuck this, you know, this kid who probably never said the f word in his life, and then, uh, you know, and then he, and then he got, and then he just went into his closet and slammed the door, and then he was crying, which I felt bad. I thought, oh my god, this guy is, you know, he's crying, but I also thought, like, Jesus Christ, this is like his, you know, eleventh birthday, twelfth birthday, like, are we? How old are we? We're still crying about, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, just sit in the closet and cry. And then, you know, and then we all felt bad. We did. We, I, I felt legitimately bad. I still felt bad about that, about that part, because I didn't think he was going to just, you know, get in the closet and start crying. Uh, and he did. And then we, uh, you know, and then we all made him feel better. Uh, you know, we all lied about like, hey, we, we're just kidding, buddy. This party's not that bad. It's it's pretty good, you know. Especially the part where you you know locked yourself in the thing and and was you know were crying, and now we have to like console you. You know, that's that's always a fun aspect of a birthday party too. Uh, you know, just like when Matt Phelps dropped the bowling ball on his foot, and I had to pretend that I wasn't laughing when I was asking him, "Are you are you okay, Matt?" As he's as he's clenching his. <laughs> His foot rocking back and forth and crying. Uh, a lot of crying at those birthday parties, but Jesus Christ, I do feel bad. Poor, poor Rob, and that's not his real name. It's definitely something else. Uh, you know, he didn't ask for all this. Obviously, he didn't ask his parents for a decent birthday party either, which you know that could have that could have gone a long way. But you know, I I didn't uh, I didn't belong there. I wasn't invited. But then I remember. I, I will say the next day we got up on a Saturday morning, clean slate. We got up a nice crisp fall day, and I remember setting up uh, like his dad's video camera or something, and uh, you know we made some bullshit movie out in the woods where we were just running around pretending to be I don't know, I don't even know what we did. But uh, it, you know we had fun. It was okay. It was fine. And uh, 
and that was it. And I, oddly enough, I was never invited back to uh, to Rob's for any reason whatsoever. Not for not to hang out, not to play, not for another birthday party. It was very strange. I found that I found that odd after I was so magnanimous to to grace him with my presence. I mean, like, talk about a birthday boy. You're getting the real birthday boy at your birthday party. So, so I guess when I when I always complain about how shitty my my birthdays are, I forget that uh, I had a pretty I played a pretty pivotal role in helping somebody's already shitty uh, birthday and birthday party uh, be even worse. So yeah, I'm a I'm a fucking scumbag. That's that's pretty evident as I keep tell as I retell these stories when I say them out loud into a microphone and then they're there forever for everybody to listen to, and then I'm like, wow, jeez. I'm a really fucking shitty person sometimes. <laughs> but I never had a shitty birthday party. So when you think about it, Rob, who's who's the real shithead here? <laughs> okay. Moving on. So does it... Anybody watch All or Nothing on Amazon? Do you watch this show? I fucking love these shows. I goddamn love it. The first season was the Arizona Cardinals. It's like um, it's like Hard Knocks, but it's a full you know, it's a full season, like eight eight episodes. I don't know. I think they're close to an hour each. You know, Hard Knocks is just you know the four weeks or so of of uh, you know some training camp and some preseason games. It's like a, what four episodes, five episodes. Every August into early September, like a nice little, nice little way to to go into the the NFL season, NFL films documentary, and then they have the one on Amazon called All or Nothing. And the first season was uh, the Arizona Cardinals, like the 2015 Cardinals with uh, you know Bruce Arians and all that stuff, uh, when they went pretty deep into the playoffs. And then uh, the Rams, you know, the their first the season in LA, the first season in LA, I think 2016, where Jeff Fisher got clipped at the end of the season and then then the Cowboys the 2017 Cowboys and then the latest season is the 2018 Carolina Panthers and they're fuck I just I I consume these shows they're fantastic and then they have the they have the Harbaugh Michigan uh version of that they only had I think they only had one college season they also had that one they have a Showtime one too where they did like Florida State and they did Notre Dame I don't remember the name of it. I don't know. Did they stop doing that? Those were fucking great too, man. Jimbo Fisher, all that shit. Anyways, so the latest all or nothing on Amazon is is it's just phenomenal. You, I just I couldn't get enough, especially for me. Like you know, living in Charlotte, I the 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 setting is very familiar, so I know I know all these streets that they're on, and I've you know I used to walk down and I would peek through the fence sometimes and watch the Panthers practicing on their on their crappy field, which is I guess now it's going to be a nice dome uh, for this year, or maybe it already is. I don't even know. Um, but I, you know, I'm not a fan by any by any means. Am I a fan? I did try when we lived there. I I thought like you know maybe I can try to you know be a good local guy and get into the. But you know I don't. I like the teams that I like. I can't just like I can't just like move somewhere and then I'm a you know I didn't really have a basketball team, so I became a fan of the Hornets as I mentioned in previous podcasts. But boy, I just I couldn't get in. I've never been able to get into those Panthers. It was it's either somewhere between apathy and I just don't really like you. And I find I find Cam Newton to be insufferable. 
his his whole fucking deal, his whole gimmick, you know, with the with the stupid clothes, and you know, he's just a big man baby. He's running around thinking he's fucking Superman when they win, and then he's just a, you know he's a big baby when they lose. Just a big baby, which everybody is. Look, I mean, they just you know some people hide it a lot better. We all know Tom Brady, the the story about playing golf. Who the fuck was he playing with? Was it Kepka? Was it McElroy? Who was he? He was playing with somebody recently, like in the last few months. Or or I don't know when they played, but the story was told that Brady Tom Brady lost a fucking golf game, a round a friendly round of golf to a PGA, a professional golfer, and wouldn't talk to the fucker for ninety minutes because he was so pissed that he lost the game. You know, oh yeah, it's competitive. Uh, he's a, he's a competitor, blah blah blah. But like Jesus, like be a be a human, <laughs> like you know, you, you, whatever. So he's he's got his own shit, uh, you know. So I, I don't I don't I don't want to make it to sound like I you know Cam Newton's the only fucking child in the league. And by the way, Cam Newton, as far as we know, he isn't like same with Tom Brady. Like nobody's nobody's hitting their kids or their wife or anything. So like when I say that these guys like. Cam Cam Newton just you know is is insufferable. Like his personality is annoying. He's not a bad person. He's just an annoying person. And Tom Brady, um, I'm a fucking Patriots fan. I have been since 2002. It was the first NFL game that I watched that wasn't the Super Bowl. It was that fucking Tuck Rule game in the snow with the Raiders? That's the first time I saw these guys. I'm like, holy shit, football's awesome. I gotta watch more of this, and I gotta. Uh, I, this is how little I knew about football. In January of 2002, I didn't even know that there was a team in Boston. I didn't know there was a football team. I didn't know shit about football. And then I saw these Patriots beat the Raiders. Uh, you know, everybody knows the Raiders. and I f- Everybody hates the Raiders. And I was, like, thrilled. And then they went and they beat the, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And then you know what happens after that. They win a million more. So, whatever. Uh, but I, I'm a fan of Brady and I'm a fan of the Patriots. But I'm, I'm, I... I'm saying this because yeah, he's he's got his fucking weird shit too. So they're all they're all weirdos. They're all really uh, talented, well-paid fucking weirdos. Uh, but but Cam Newton, I've always found. Ins- I went and saw him live. He had a, a employees of the the place that I worked were able to go see a taping of this uh, Graham. What the fuck is his name? I can't think of his name. Graham Bessinger. That's his name. I think it's, I think it's Graham Bessinger. He just has this syndicated show, and he do it every week. It's just a long form, like an hour long interview with with a different, usually an athlete, a football player, a coach, this and that. And he came to Charlotte, and he did. He interviewed Cam Newton, so we got to like, wow. And he was, you know, he was charming. It was entertaining. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, usually if I see somebody on that kind of intimate level, maybe I'll be a fan of them. No, no, didn't. Do. It's like you know, sometimes you're just you're just not meant to like everybody. Obviously, obviously, I don't like most people, and Cam Newton is is one of those in that category of most people that I don't like. Uh, so, but I thought he was the I thought he was the most annoying guy on the team, and then this uh, all or nothing came out, and it turns out that Greg Olson is the most insufferable person on the team, and and I know I'm in the minority because people you look at the comments on uh, whatever on Twitter and things like that. And everybody's like, Oh, he was so funny. I did. I had no idea just how funny Greg Olson is. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's football funny, which is to say not funny at all, but on a football team, that's like the, there's always a funny guy. They're not funny in the real world, but they're funny on the football thing. And probably he's going to go on and like, he has this, he does have this comedic sort of, I wouldn't say comedic timing, but he has something 
that like if you know he'll probably be on TV or do something. I'm, I'm sure he'll he'll be in the broadcast booth, but probably something bigger than that when his when his playing career ends, it'll probably be you know I don't know he'll be in the studio on fire. He'll be something. He'll do something. But Jesus Christ, I thought he was so goddamn annoying on this show. Uh, except there was one moment where I found him to be really entertaining in a, in a really kind of unfortunate way. Like he's coaching his kids football thing and these kids are like, you know, they're eight or nine, but he's, he's coaching them like a coach would coach any football player, just being a dick to them and telling them they suck and they're awful. So that was like, I don't know if it was funny, unintentionally funny, intentionally funny. Either way, it was funny. But the the rest of the time, like Olsen is, he's talking to his teammates and it's just like, you know, he's just weird. I don't know. And I don't, I don't find him to be charming. But I know I'm in the minority, and people probably find him to be charming. Uh, but anyways, I did enjoy this clip of Greg Olson coaching his kids' football team. Put your flag on. Hey, guys, we've been doing this now for three months. Let's pretend like we know what we're doing. Tate, defense. Tate, you're on defense. Just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. Back up. You're off sides. Stop playing with your mouthpiece. Get, stop playing your mouthpiece and get set. Set. Go. Run fast. Flag football, obviously, is always a fun time for us. It's been something that we've done for three years, and it's it's been obviously. Cool. Come back. Come back. That was terrible. Oh, so much fun. Go. Good. Good. You gotta go. You gotta run. This is not just come out here and we're just gonna have fun and no. go around. Charlie, you're not allowed to block, pal. Okay. Because you suck. We have plays, and it's organized, and uh-huh. it's pretty serious. Serious. Hey, do we chase the ball or chase men? No. No. We chase the ball. the ball. Go. It's a little bit of an adjustment for some of the kids, but by the end of the season, the kids get better. Oh, I, Ethan, go, Colt, run. Not just that football, but oh. they're listening. They're following directions. Life nice. skills. The kids are very thankful, and it's pretty fun to watch. Good, Tate. Good. Run. Fun to watch. Run. Good play. Everybody, good play. Can't imagine it's terribly fun to play, though. The kids are out there having fun. But this isn't just... We're not We're not pretending that they're kids. We're pretending, we're pretending that they're grown-ass adults, so it's fucking serious, and we got organized plays. And if they, if they fuck up, I'm going to tell them they're fucking idiots. It's like a real-life version of that Peyton Manning... Saturday Night Live sketch, you know, where he's like, you suck, throwing the foot, he's throwing the foot, it's like the, uh, I don't know, Make-A-Wish Kids or whatever the hell they are, the Boys and Girls Club or something like that, Big Brother, I don't know what it was, uh, but anyways, it's, uh, yeah, that's fun, it sounds like a lot of fun, are you, hey, hey son, you suck, pal, F- don't fuck this shit up, stop playing with your shit, you guys suck, that was awful, you're never blocking again, you're terrible. And the kids have a lot of fun. They just have a great time. It sounds it sounds about as fun as OJ going a, going on a field trip with OJ to Michael Jackson's house. Is what it sounds like. But it's entertaining for me, even though it just it makes me fucking shudder. Like, oh my god. So uh, yeah. So his kids will be you know they'll be fucked up assholes as a result of this. But at least they'll be really goddamn good football players, right? Uh, that's why I, I've never been good at being coached. Like, I, I can be coached. I just can't be coached by that kind of guy. The guy who just tells you how much you suck 
and just screams at you because I'm just, it just makes me laugh. It's like, yeah, I know I suck, stupid. That's why we're here. Coach me. Don't just tell me I suck. Tell me how to not suck. You know, like at Weight Well, that's why I stopped going to the Weight Watchers meetings because I went in and said, hey, I'm fat. Help me not be fat. Oh, we don't say the word fat around here. Well, I fucking do, fat ass. So you don't like it, uh, you know, kiss my ass. So, like, yeah, I could, I just, I always had a problem being coached. Like, I played baseball for one year, and the guy was a fucking terrible coach because he just yelled. There were no, like, there were no fundamentals. It was just yelling. It's just like this big dope yelling at us, and I hated it. Like, teach me how to goddamn play baseball, dummy. Teach me how to play the sport. And yes, if your dad's Greg Olson, obviously that's they're not showing the whole clip. But I would imagine he's he's giving them some of the basics and some some insights into how to play, you know, various positions. Uh, but Jesus Christ, like maybe I don't know, maybe maybe because I like I have a brain and I don't I don't respond like if if I know I suck at something, I know I suck. So I don't need like an old man yelling at me that I suck. Like I know I suck. Help me not suck, stupid. You suck. That's who sucks. Oh, God damn it. It's like fucking, like, that's why, you know, you've got these coach, like, I had Coach Rue. Coach Rue was my wrestling coach back in uh, in eighth and ninth grade. Coach Rue was fantastic. I, like, I learned from him. He taught me how to be better at wrestling, and I got better at wrestling. And the second year, I like, the first year, I won the uh, most improved uh, wrestler trophy. It was my, my debut year, and I was, like, really into it. And I also thought you needed to be an amateur wrestler in order to compete in the WWF at the time. And yes, I know it was I knew I knew it was scripted. I just thought like, well, this could really help. A lot of these guys are amateur wrestlers. Scott Steiner and those kind of guys have like some amateur Bret Hart had some amateur wrestling background. So I thought, well, this this is what it takes. I need to I need to be on the wrestling team so then I can become a WWF superstar someday. Uh, but, like, uh, yeah, that was a great coach. He yelled, too, by the way. Coach Rue, would, he'd fucking lose his temper. He'd, th- he broke whist- he'd throw his whistle against the bleachers. You know, he was an asshole sometimes, but never never to the point where, like, we all felt like shit or anything like that. Just enough, like, okay, and then he, and then he would, sh- like, okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to show you how to do it right. You know, if he, he would get mad if we were fucking around being assholes. That's understandable. When we were just not doing what we were supposed to do, then he's like... You know, he didn't yell at us because we sucked, as opposed to Greg Olson. You suck, pal. He'd yell at us if we were, you know, licking each other's balls when we were supposed to be, you know, learning, you know, learning the half Nelson or something like that. But he taught us. He taught us, like, you guys don't know what you're doing, and I'm going to teach you. I'm not going to sit here and scream at you for not knowing something. That's my job. I'm being paid money to teach you how to do it. So, like, this whole this whole idea of just, like, you know, Greg Williams is a good example. This fucking asshole. He's been on every. He's been on seemingly every episode of that uh, that Amazon series because he was with the he was with the Rams and then he was with oh no he was on Hard Knocks I think he was on with the Browns last year. It's like oh Jesus we can't get can't get away from this guy. Um, this this Greg Williams. He's just one of those guys like you see you know he's he's on all these teams. And every time they show him, he's just screaming, fuck, you fucking this, fuck, you fucking guy, you gotta fucking do this, fucking this, fuck this. And it's like, I'm, I'm sure, like, he knows his shit, and he's been around a long time, and he's probably somewhere in there, he's, like, actually teaching how to do something. But, and, and clearly they're showing us what they want you to see, which is just Greg Williams just yelling. But that's, like, that's the kind of thing, like, with this fucking, this Greg Olson screaming at his kids. Oh, they're having a lot of good fun, but, uh, yeah, right. Pl- <laughs> Please. 
It's just as much fun as, as playing for Greg Williams, I'm sure. It's this guy, Greg Williams, uh, defensive coordinator for the New York Jets. He was head coach of the Bills, defensive coordinator for the Saints, with whom he won the Super Bowl. Okay, that's nice. Uh, yeah, the Browns, he was there, what, on the Rams? Because he was, he was on those, yeah, the Rams, yeah, the Rams, Los Angeles Rams, 2014, 2016, he was in the Browns. And, and to me, too, it's like, doesn't that, you know, and I know these jobs, they bounce around from team to team, you know, depending on needs and depending on success and wins and all this stuff. But don't you think, like, this guy, this fucking Greg Williams, this fucking douchebag, First of all, yeah, the Saints, the, the, that was the 2009 Saints. He must have been on that team if they won the Super Bowl because that was, yeah, 2010, they beat the Colts. That was the whole, like, Bounty Gate thing, too. I think he was, like, a big part of that. Yeah, so he, so he's, a, he's a scumbag. But he's exactly like the coach that, look, if you're in the NFL, if I'm in the NFL and somebody's coaching me, no matter what their style, I'm going to do whatever they say because I don't want to lose out on that money. But if you've got somebody, like, and you're in school – and they're yelling like that. Like, for me, that just that never worked. If I was like, hey, uh, you know, if I'm a little kid and I'm friends with Greg Olson's kid and they're like, hey, you want to play a little, you know, f- touch football, flag football, whatever the fuck it is. And I show up there and then this parent is like, you suck. You never you never play this position again. You suck, pal. Sorry, buddy. Love you, buddy. You're a great kid, but you suck. You fucking suck. Get out of here. Yeah, make, make me really want to keep playing football. But uh, yeah, here's here's just a little here's a little taste. Greg Williams, he's really good. Can't do that. That's not him. Get your ass back there, you goofball! <laughs> when you look at yourself on film and you wonder why I cut your ass, you look at effort first. I'm gonna kill him at halftime. At halftime. Hey, get your ass in at halftime and get seen it. You're on defense. Get over here. Communicate, you don't belong on this team. And so, yes, yeah, so a year later, Greg Williams is not on that team. <laughs> He's so good at his job that he is on his what third, fourth team in as many years. Just a great dude. Oh my god. As soon as it's so funny too, because as soon as he leaves, like, okay, they won the Super Bowl in New Orleans, fine. As soon as he leaves, the team gets bet like he left the Rams, and then two years later, sure, they lost in the Super Bowl to the Patriots, uh, but he fucking leaves, and then the Rams get better. Oh, oh but uh, but Johnny Boy, that's, uh, that's because he put the system in place for them to succeed. Like, bullshit. If that were the fucking case, then, like, all these great coaches, like, don't you think... That that whole notion of like, oh, he was, you know, he put a great system, he put a great defense in place, and then he left to go help another team have a great defense. Well, then wouldn't every team in the fucking league, no matter who the players are, wouldn't they all just have great defenses because they would just have these coaches just floating around every year from one team to the next, making them as the best they can be? Wouldn't Belichick have, have coached for all thirty-two teams by now? 
No, he's a fucking guy who likes to scream a lot. He's got a look. He's got his, you know, his kind of his brand, so to speak. And, uh, you know, that that seems to work for him. He just yells and screams and, you know, with minimal success, has that one Super Bowl, and then he goes on to another team. And then as soon as he leaves, like, look at, you know, he leaves the Rams and they go to the Super Bowl. He leaves the Browns and they, they seem to be getting better every day. They had, like, I you know, I don't know shit about football, but people are, you know, there's... Saying the Browns a pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good season. So I mean, Jesus Christ, Jeff Fisher was with the same team for how many fucking years? Fifteen years with, uh, you know, with the, with with the, the, the Titans, and then you know a, a number of years with the Rams. Like this guy's perpetually eight and eight when he was a coach. You know why? You know why he was with those teams? I think because he was like just good enough. But I think more importantly, I think people just liked him. He seems like a nice guy. He seems like a, a reasonable guy. I don't know, you know, he's not that great of a coach. He had the one Super Bowl appearance. That's that's cool. Um, but, you know, he's just a nice guy who got to have to go coach at the same place. I think either if you're an asshole, you have to be the best goddamn coach around, like Belichick, who's, you know, a fucking asshole, but he's, you know, the record, let the record uh, stand for itself. Or you have to be like Jeff Fisher, who's just like, yeah, we'll be nine and seven, seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe once in a while get a ten and six season. But he's just a nice guy. So to me, Greg Williams, he's an asshole, and he's not a very good coach because if he was that good, they'd let him be an asshole, and he would just be on the same team. Belichick's an asshole, same team, twenty years. Jeff Fisher's not an asshole, same team for fifteen years. Jeff Fisher. Not a great coach, same team, but he's a nice guy. Belichick, not a nice coach, same team because they win. So Greg Williams floating all over the NFL every year. He's the Jets, he's the Bills, he's the, the Rams, this and that, the Saints and the Browns. That's because he's a fucking asshole, and he's a fucking asshole. By the way, that's like that's like the classic like sports talk. You know, when you listen to when you listen to these like sports talk guys who aren't that great, but they're just like they're desperate for a hot take. That's like the end of every argument where you don't really have much to say. Just kind of like me right now. They all end with like, that's like, listen to sports talk. Listen to sports talk. You'll hear somebody like, are they, you know, and they come up with these very contrived arguments like Mike and Mike used to have conveniently, you know, every hour on the hour, they would just magically start disagreeing about the exact same topic all over again as though they had never had this conversation just, you know, 45 minutes prior to that. Well, Greeny, you're just a, you're a metrosexual, Greeny. You don't know anything about football. I played in the league. Uh, go like, you're just a big dumb jock. And then that's what they would do. They would like, they would get so like tongue tied on their sentences. They'd be like, and that's what I just did too. Because I had just such a hot take. My hot takes on Greg Olson and Greg Williams. Anyway, so that's why Jeff Fisher, nice guy. So, so coach. Gets to keep his job for a long time. Belichick, mean coach, wins all the time. Gets to keep his job. Greg Williams. They, I mean, who was the guy? Hugh? Huey was the coach last year. Seemed like a nice guy, but he was fucking awful. And then Greg Williams was, you know, they just kind of put him as the head coach after they fired Huey. Was he Huey? Anyway, obviously Greg Williams is so beloved and so great at his job that he, you know, was ha- literally handed the job of head coach of the Browns, and then they got rid of him. So, you know, fuck you, Greg Williams. 
fuck you, fuck you and that whole fucking style, that whole, you fucking idiots, you fucking assholes, you suck, I'm gonna fucking kill you, you're gonna get fucking cut, you're gonna get fucking fired, you fucking can't communicate, you piece of shit, you no good piece of shit, and then somebody's like gonna listen, like what kind of asshole listens to this, it's like yeah, I'm gonna be better for coach, nobody, I guarantee you there's not a single player who would say, past or present, who would say, oh yeah, Greg Williams was my coach, and I really, just the way he fucking berated me endlessly made me just want to be the best goddamn football player I could be. Fuck that. So I'm excited to see, I'm sure that Greg Olson of the Carolina Panthers, I'm sure his kids are going to grow up to be just really just cool, well-adjusted, fun guys. They're going to be good at football. I mean, that's for sure. He doesn't seem like an evil guy, this Olsen. Again, he's not like he's not murdering anybody. He's not beating his wife like half the players in the league. So can you really be that upset with the guy? No, he's just you know he's just one of those assholes that's uh, that's gonna yell and scream at the kids and tell them that they suck until they get better. But in this case, it's his son, so they are. It will probably work. That's where we fell in love, but not the first time. Sing it. Oh, maybe not yet. Silver Sun pickups. Yeah. Great tune. Alright. What next? Should we do OJ or Sounding Board Theater? I guess it doesn't matter. I'm going to do one first, and then I'm going to do the other one next, so. Ah. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Turn, turn that back up. Turn it back up. Yeah. Yeah. OJ quickly let's quickly do let's quickly do OJ cause like who can fucking steer this asshole OJ but, but by the way OJ you know if he's not talking about some stupid nonsense he's talking about fantasy football cause you know that's what uh, that's what everyone's tuning into here um it's pretty funny though I, I'm still like not that I'm like Nostradamus or something like that, but the fact that my first, the first time I did OJ on Father's Day, when he had his first Twitter video talking about how he was, I'm going to talk fantasy football, <laughs> you know, shit that people <laughs> want to hear me talk about. No, I'm not going to talk about that murder though. Uh, and and I, you know, did my OJ thing, saying like, oh, I'm going to take Patrick Mahomes. This fucking guy hasn't shut up. The real OJ hasn't shut up about Patrick Mahomes. In the last two months, again, he's like one of the top, you know, he's one of the top guys in the league. So it's not, you know, it's not like I, again, I'm not, I don't know, a crystal ball. It's it's pretty obvious that somebody playing fantasy football would want to draft somebody like Patrick Mahomes. It's not, I don't play fantasy football because I think it's stupid. 
Send your hate mail to birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. The same people who were probably mad that I said, you know, if you're over the age of 13, ditch the jersey. Uh, I, I also think fantasy football is stupid. So direct all of your comments and hatred towards birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. Birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. And I will be happy to answer it. Be happy to answer your email. Uh, so... <clears throat> So I just, I get a kick out of the fact. It makes me chuckle. Oops, there's OJ. It makes me chuckle with this dum-dum. Just like my, my, my fake character, OJ, they want to take Patrick Mahomes. And all this son of a bitch in real life is talking about is Patrick fucking Mahomes. And the person that I feel really sorry for is Patrick fucking Mahomes. I don't feel that sorry for him. Uh, you know, he's doing all right for himself. But to have, like, the regular constant <laughs> endorsement of OJ... <laughs> Has to has to really just be the icing on the cake of an already uh, very short but but really rather illustrious career, and this just uh, I'm sure this just seals the deal. You know, it's it's the final dream come true. I'm sure for for Patrick Mahomes. All right, let's just a little bit of OJ talking fantasy football. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. <laughs> well, football camps have opened. Yours truly. City got lucky. Three kill. Will be playing this year, and it solidifies my thought that Patrick Mahomes should be the only quarterback drafted in the first round because his separation in points from other quarterbacks. Ah, blah, blah 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 blah. Who gives a sh- Who fucking cares what you think about this, OJ? You stupid asshole. Uh, here's the reason why Patrick Mahomes should be the only quarterback drafted in the first round of fantasy football. Uh, yeah, OJ. What about the time that you killed your wife and her friend? Do you have anything? That you want to say about like the reasons why that happened? Um, you know, just ra- blind rage. I mean, what were you thinking when you did? Oh, I, uh, well, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. I'm sure that's what you meant to ask with that question. Well, he's the only one who should be drafted in the first only quarterback who should be drafted in the first round of fantasy football. Well, nobody gives a shit. You fucking, you fucking murdering scumbag. Hey, Twitter world. Like seriously. God damn it! And I'll be honest, OJ. You remember when he was in when he was in prison for not the murder, but for the murder, really? And like you know, you'd see on the tabloids, he's like getting fatter. He can OJ can barely walk. OJ can hardly move. OJ's at death's door, and you're like, sweet, good. He's just gonna rot. He's literally going to rot away in prison, and he'll die in prison in the next couple years, and that's that's that. We can just be, like, done with OJ. He not only is out of prison, he looks fucking better than ever. He looks like a million bucks, quite honestly. Like, he looks he looks trim. Like, you know, he looks toned a little bit. Like, he looks younger than you know, when he was in prison. He looked like he was 100 years old with the facial hair and all that stuff. He looks fucking fantastic, which I just, I hate saying... He's smiling. He's out on the golf course all day. Like, what the fuck, man? Life is so it's so unfair in so many goddamn ways. Jesus Christ. He's having a great time. He's just having a great time. What the fuck? Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Like, Jesus now, Christ. Today, talk about two subjects. Like, is this guy... Yeah, keep talking, asshole. Like, on time to our fantasy football and the debates tonight. Like... Dude, if and that's the other if if this if somehow 
I'd like to th- I'd like to keep thinking that we're somehow better than giving OJ a talk show or a radio show, but there's something somewhere that tells me someone, someone somewhere is gonna see. Because like, look, I, I I'm not part of the, I'm part of the problem. I'm not part of the solution. Because how many times have I played OJ clips on this fucking podcast? Because you know, not for the reasons, you know, not because I love OJ. Like, hey, hey, let's listen to OJ. He's got some great things to say, gang. Because he's a piece of shit and he's fun to make fun of and he's easy to make fun of and he sucks, so it's it's great fodder. So I play these videos. So someone, someone, like please, I hope there's nobody who's so fucking delusional that they're gonna see how many hits this guy gets on Twitter and they're gonna say, well, man, maybe OJ should have a show because they really seem to. A lot of people are viewing his takes on politics and the debates and fantasy football. And I'd like to think that we have, you know, the great analytical minds are out there, you know, combing through this data, mining data, all these Twitter thousands of comments and retweets and responses. And they're going to look at it and, you know, come up with all kinds of visuals that show that, like, hopefully, hopefully that like 99 percent of the people responding and tweeting and retweeting and following OJ is because they hate him so much. And they just it's like, you know, you can't you can't look away from this horrible fucking car wreck that is Orenthal J. Simpson. Hopefully the analytics will show that and that he'll, you know, this is as far as it will get is just his dopey two-minute fucking shithead, hey, Twitter world, yours truly. Like, yours truly. Get, kiss my fucking ass, you fucking scumbag. Uh, hopefully that, hopefully it will never happen. I know he's, you know, you're not going to see him on ESPN or anything. You're not going to see him on the fucking NFL network giving his, you know, picks for fantasy football. But, you know, I can see these like lesser stations out there. Eh, Let's hope not. But hey, I'm again, I'm part of the problem, not the solution, because I'm giving him plenty of play here on the Birthday Boy podcast, the only place where you can hear OJ Simpson's fantasy football picks. We may be limping the rest of our lives, so pay these guys. <laughs> as far as the debates are concerned, oh, good. I saw when one of the people actually put out a plan, hmm. something for them to uh, uh, debate the merits of tonight. Now, they all should do that. It's easy to say, oh, we should fix global warming. Oh, we should have an affordable health care plan. We should, we should have stab a our wives. Everybody. All of that sounds good. Stab their friends. The question is, how are you going to do it? Don't point the fingers about what somebody once did or may have done. Don't point the Put knife. Put your plan out there. Let's hear you guys debate the merits of that plan. Sometimes I wish uh, there were no Democrats. I wish there were no Republicans. Oh. I wish there were just Americans. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Yours truly, OJ. Fucking idiot. I wish... <laughs> I wish there were no Democrats, no Republicans, no heaven or hell below us, above us, only sky. Go to hell. I wish no Democrats, no Republicans. I wish we were all just Americans. Well, not all of us. In fact, I, I wish there were two Americans who weren't around anymore, but I got rid of them. I got even and took care of them real fast. You remember? Those are the ones I killed 25 years ago. My wife, Nicole, and her friend, Ron Goldman. Those were two Americans. I don't even know if they were Democrat or Republican, and I don't care. Because the only good Nicole and Ron are a dead Nicole and Ron. Thanks to me. 
Or at least that's what the real killer would say if we could just find him. You know, you're probably wondering why I'm spending so much time talking about fairness of football and Republicans and Democrats and the debates and all this other stuff and Michael Jackson and Camp Good Times and Fun Times and all these other things instead of spending my resources and my time and money on Twitter trying to track down the real killer. You're probably wondering that. Well, I'm wondering that too. What the hell? Why haven't these Democrats and Republicans gone to the debates and debated whether or not we should go out and find the real killer? They're talking about silly things like the ozone and the environment and health care when really they should be out there talking about how they're going to track down the real killer and help OJ bring him to justice. Anyway, that was 25 years ago. And I wish there were no Republicans or Democrats, just Americans. And as far as Ron and Nicole being alive, well, I wish that they weren't. And so I made it so they wasn't. And to me, that makes all the sense in the world. Okay, au revoir, Twitter world. TTFN. XOXO. Love and hugs and kisses. Yours truly. <laughs> OJ. By the way, did he say affordable health pair clan? Did I hear that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Plan something for them to uh, uh, debate the merits of tonight. Now, they all should do that. It's easy to say, oh, we should fix global warming. Oh, uh, we should have an affordable health care clan. We should have a chicken in every pot. <laughs> a chicken. <laughs> a chicken in every pot. Oh, just classic, OJ. Just classic. We should have chickens in every pot and a knife in every throat. And then we should have an affordable health pair clan. I mean, without it, how can you go to your doctor and get an physical examination? <laughs> this is OJ, TTFN, yours truly. Yes, that'll do. I like the way Snrub thinks. You heard this guy? Dank? Dankmus? He does all these, like... Yeah, it's just all this electronic music with all samples of Simpsons quotes. Wanna do some sounding board theater? I bring you love. Let's take a look at sounding board. Let's see what's happening. I bring you Let's love. check in with the old sounding board. Okay, that's enough of this. Fade this out. I like the way <laughs> I like the way I like the way Snrub thinks. I like the way Snrub thinks. I say we invest the money back in the nuclear plant. Oh, God damn. What a fucking show. And that episode. That's the monorail. That's the monorail episode. Uh, so you want to do some sounding board theater? I don't it's not a lot. It's just one thing. I had something saved, and that's that's uh that's my bad because I should be these are the things I, I gotta take screenshots. You can't just save it. 
there's there's no guarantee it's going to be there. You got to take a screenshot. But I did. There is one that's still there. You know, sometimes I'm like people get it. Even on the sounding board, that's mostly you know it's kind of made up of dummies. Uh, some people like to they 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 kind of get it. They make a little you know wink wink joke. Uh, you know, people are always bitching about the 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 roads and the paving and this, and they feel you know everybody always feels personal personally attacked by stuff on the sounding board. You know, something you know my driveway. The sidewalk in front of my driveway wasn't shoveled exactly at 5.15 this morning, and I'm going to tag the mayor, and the mayor better get his ass down here and shovel my driveway. I'm not even far off on that. I should probably, I could probably go back and find some shit where people have tagged the mayor of Nashua to not say, Mayor, you got to get down here and shovel my walkway, but pretty much they've said that. So anyways... Uh, so somebody and so people people often feel like they are specifically targeted by other people on the sounding board, their local politicians, the road, you know, the public works, whatever you call it, the, the you know the, the the DOT or the Department of Public Works, or any any number of things, they feel like they're targeted. So somebody kind of humorously, humorously, humorously wrote on the sounding board, "Why did the city and or uh, Penichuk, which is like that's the water." people choose my day off to shut the water off on my street i feel targeted this guy's like he gets it he's joking he's joking not everybody knows when a joke is a joke and so somebody wrote uh i can't i can't tell if you're trying to be funny or if you really feel targeted emojis can help with that for future reference Somebody responded, oh, come on, he's being funny. Other people get it, and they write, your cell phone is listening to your conversation and telling the city when it's the best time to mess with you. Everybody has a good laugh. It's all kind of funny. And then somebody, <laughs> this poor bastard, he goes, why would you think this is about you personally? If they shut it off for your street, then your entire neighborhood is impacted, not just you. Why they chose today is why they chose today is likely because of whatever internal planning mechanisms they have. You just happen to have today off. The world is filled with coincidences that mean absolutely nothing beyond two things just happen to occur at the same time. And the responses, uh, I feel like you took this way too seriously. What indication is there to interpret the words in some other way than as they were written? As someone up thread said, it's not clear what the intent was because it lacks indicators of whether it is serious or satire. And the same person responds, I'm sorry I cannot explain humor to you. Sounds to me like it's just not a very good joke. And then the original poster says, you got me, I'll try to step it up next time. Uh, and then, uh, so asking this guy, so can you not understand sarcasm? You must be fun at parties, to which he responds, most people only have about a 50-50 shot at perceiving the intended meaning of text. Sarcasm is particularly difficult to correctly interpret out of simple text without additional context. What y'all are failing to appreciate is that if you parse the words as written, there is nothing to indicate there to indicate the intent. Y'all are adding that on by yourselves. It is not incorrect 
to take something at face value. The problem here is that y'all are just... Why does he keep using y'all? Y'all are just so used to filling in the gaps that you don't realize you're doing it. But that also means when someone does take things at face value, it seems weird because y'all are so used to just expecting what is said to not be what is meant. And then somebody responded to that guy saying, I feel targeted is a common denoter of sarcasm more so. Such a ridiculous comment is so out there that it's way safer to assume it's sarcasm. You had clues, my man. Actually, he does make a good point. In Nashua, eh, you, you never know. You never quite know because you have somebody asking people to properly identify a dove and they're not being sarcastic. Uh, that's a different, that's that's Carol LaRue, who is a, a, an imbecile and an asshole, so it's a little different, but still, you just never know. So, in defense of this guy, yeah, okay, but I, you know, I fucking knew it was sarcasm. Uh, somebody wrote, you really don't see the sarcasm in this post? This post made me laugh. Uh, Dan, the original poster, has a great sense of humor, obviously. Well, I'm happy it made you laugh. No, I don't see the sarcasm in it. To me, it's an ambiguous statement that has multiple valid interpretations. There's no single right way to interpret it based on just what is there. So to me, it's valid to take the words at face value and conclude that if the author wanted it to be interpreted a specific way, they needed to do more to indicate that. The failure is in the original poster's choice to be ambiguous. There is no failure in my not being psychic and not somehow magically divining their intent. And so the original poster wrote, I see your point. My sense of humor often straddles the line between sarcasm and seriousness. I don't expect everyone to see things the same way I do. You're okay in my book. I appreciate your point of view. What? And then the guy writes, Thanks. Much appreciated with a smiley emoji. Well... That I did not see. There's a lot of things that I can often tell where something's going to go on the sounding board, and I should have read this first to see that it ends in a nice, friendly, uh, hey, man, I, I understand your point. No worries. That was disappointing. God damn it. This was a couple days ago. I should go on there and, and you know, maybe, maybe fuel the fire a little bit. Well, anyways, so they all, and, and then people, uh, <laughs> OMG, I can't believe how many times there are disputes over nothing on this site. I do get a kick out of following the progression through. Makes me literally shake my head. So meanwhile, the the guy in the original poster has, uh, you know, cleared things up with the, uh, you, you can't tell if it's sarcasm or not. They, they, they cleared the air and it's all good, but people are obviously still going on. Uh, I can't believe you don't have the sense of humor. Oh, man. There's one more. Where is it? Oh, yeah. Somebody. Today, I was... This is a completely different thread. In a different... Actually, this isn't even the sounding board. I'm going to be perfectly honest. There's there's like 8,000 Nashua pages alone. And this one is called Nostalgic Nashua, New Hampshire. And this person writes, Today, I was driving on Amherst Street, which is a, is a busy multiple-lane road. Lots of... Uh, commercial, you know, shops, restaurants, and stores, and bullshit. Uh, driving on Amherst Street, and I passed Sargent's Avenue. It was written on one of the newer street signs. When did the name of the street change? I'm a Nashua native, and that street was always called Sargent Avenue, or Sargent Ave. I believe it was named Sargent Avenue after Eaton D. Sargent. 
Uh, yeah, I wonder who, uh, if Beaver Avenue was named after Eaton D. Beaver. Come on, that's fucking, that's a classic. Mayor of Nashua from 1924 to 1928, Camp Sergeant was also named after this man who is active in civic and community life. Can anybody shed light on why the name changed? Thanks. And then, you know, who really gives a shit? Like, I don't, I don't care. Uh, you know, nobody cares about the why is it named this? Why isn't it named this? Uh, so it's all good. But then there's one fella who just really kind of goes, he's a little, he's a little unhinged, I guess you could say, a tad, a tad unhinged. Uh, here we go. Maurice. <laughs> uh, he writes, and by the way, he doesn't use any punctuation, no commas, no periods, no nothing. So Maurice writes about this street sign. I don't know, but they better change it back. That pisses me off. That guy they named that fucking street after a hero from Nashua. He was a dedicated social equivalent to a miracle worker for people that didn't have much. Then he continues in a new thread or in a new comment. My father told me you knew the history of Nashua I. He was a telephone man, and he told me the history of everything that happened in Nashua. Change that fucking street name back to the original now. I will go take that sign down personally. Nah, just kidding. Don't want to get arrested. Haven't been arrested for years and years and years since 1980. When I got DWI, haven't driven since. Don't want to. No more excuses for them. Fucking give me a hard time. <laughs> Nobody gives me a hard time. I love life much simpler when you don't drive. And uh, people, people are rather baffled. It's, you know, easy, easy with the F word, all this stuff. And so, this fella named John, uh, who may or may not be me, writes: Now we all know what happens when you fall asleep and your face lands on the predictive text on your iPhone. Let that let that be a lesson. You can do better, and things are better and better than the next time was next to the end of the day, and then left you to get back in and out and tell you how much it will take to get you back in your place again, and then you can just get to your house and then go back in your own room with a little more than you know, and you have a lot to say to you. Ha ha! Is that you like to be in a school or a swim or something? Ha ha! And then people responded with some laughter. Uh, and then somebody somebody responded, <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? Is everybody off their meds today? Uh, which he later deleted that comment. Uh, and I wrote, can't speak for Maurice, but I've never felt better. I haven't taken meds in years, and frankly, me and my predictive text have never felt better. In fact, you could say that you're going through the right things, and then I will say it is the best way to get it out there, and I hope you enjoy the day with your friends and family and friends and thank everyone who loves us and all that we love, and you are so great, and I hope that we can see them all over the world and that you will never, ever, ever again thank anyone who made it to work with me. Ha ha, that's cool too, because... You have my number one thing that you need for the rest of the weekend to come over there. Oh, also, the street was coming here today and then went out there for lunch today, so we just wanted something new for lunch today, but then we got lunch at the end of the day and then went out there for lunch and then left for lunch today. And scene. And nobody really touched that comment because they probably didn't know what the fuck to do with either Maurice or myself. And I can't blame them.
Oh, why that tune can only mean one thing. It's time we're going to do another Fritz Weatherby. I'm going to play a little bit of his actual thing from this week. And I mentioned he does this this New Hampshire Chronicle. It's like a news entertainment magazine kind of things happening around all the whole state of New Hampshire. And it's it's fa- it's one of my favorite shows. I love it. I, I try not to miss an episode. It's given us like things that we didn't know existed when we first moved here. And then, you know, just little shit to do, like go to Lake Sunapee and go to, you know, Storyland. Of course, we haven't gone to Storyland yet, but that's, you know, we'll do that maybe in the fall or something. I don't know. In any event, it always ends with Fritz Weatherby, and he's he's this kindly old man. He's a newsman. He's a, you know a walking sort of encyclopedia of New Hampshire and New England. Just a smart guy. He's he's just like the quintessential New England old man. He's he's got the great uh, New England New Hampshire accent there, and uh, you know he's he's adorable. He's you know gray beard, eighty something years old, and he's just you know he's got history and he's got stories and he's got everything. So let's listen to a little bit. It's it's mostly historical. You know he's got history. Uh, he does a fantastic Halloween episode every year that I love. I love the Halloween episode. It just tells you know spooky stories. No, 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 New Hampshire or anything. Just, just great, just great stories, and uh, and then you know every history mixed in, and then once in a while he talks about like Binky Sears and Webster, Webster, and you know all these guys. And of course, last week I twisted that a little bit and added added my own flavor to old Fritzy. But here's here's some of this week's tale. Grover Pimpkin is my friend Mickey Sears' nephew, and Grover is, as you no doubt know, now nine years old. He is, as Binky says, a good kid and smart. Anyhow, Grover was coming home from school the other day, and when he came by Bubba Stilton's house, he saw Bubba up on the roof pointing up his chimney. Well, Grover stood looking up at the job Bubba was doing. Well, then Bubba came over the edge of the roof and looked down, and he said to Grover, he said, You little scamp, I know you, and I know your father. You took down my ladder. Well, sure enough, Bubba's ladder was there on the ground on its side. Somebody had taken it down. It wasn't Bubba, but it wasn't Grover either. Still, Bubba was stuck on his roof. I didn't take your ladder down, Grover said. It was on the ground when I got here. You miserable little brat, Bubba said. Jeez. I saw you take it down. Well, Bubba never saw Grover take it. All right. A- anyways, he just goes on, and I, this story. I, I listened to the story. Kimmy watched it with me, and I turned to her. I said, "What the fuck was that even about?" Like the ladder came down, and the kid came back. But then the next day, he came back, and like it turned out that somebody else took the ladder down as a joke. I and uh, you know. Not one of the best ones, Fritzy. To be honest, I love you, Fritz, but that's that wasn't wasn't my favorite. But still, it did give me some inspiration. And you tell some great stories. You spin some unbelievable yarns. I love listening about Brinkley Shears and Webster Webster. And all. But uh, I I thought maybe maybe uh, this uh, inter- maybe inter- we'll call him inappropriate Fritz. Uh, I thought maybe maybe inappropriate Fritz would like to tell a little tale from New Hampshire. Fritz, weather be, I see you on my TV. 
Pussy Flaps Del Vecchio was sitting on a porch one day out there in the town of Knob, New Hampshire, watching her neighbor Titus Jisms painting the roof of his house. Well, wouldn't you know, Anus von Schweetz's little nine-year-old son, Rectum von Schweetz, was out frolicking in the lilacs all the live-long day when he decided he would take Titus Jism's ladder. Hey there, you fucking sack of shit. Get back here with my ladder. I'll find you, whoever you are, and I'll cut you real good, OJ style. Titus Jism's yelled from the top of his roof. Why, that's Anus von Schweetz, boy, Rectum von Schweetz, Pussy Flaps yelled from across the road. Rectum, Titus Jisms replied back. I'll fucking kill him. It was at that moment that Betty O'Queefe and her husband, Rim Dickles, were walking by with Reginald Ballsweat and Chubbs McWanker. They noticed Titus angrily pacing back and forth on top of his roof. Looks like you got some kind of ladder problem, Jisms, shouted Chubbs. You'll have another problem if you don't get me down off this roof, McWanker, Jisms yelled back. Now get over here and help me down. So Betty O'Queefe, Rim Dickles, Reggie Ball Sweat, and Chubbs McWanker walked towards Titus Jisms' house. It was at that moment when Titus slipped and fell off the roof, his trousers catching on the gutter. He fell two stories down and landed on top of Rim Dickles his wiener landing firmly in Rim's mouth. It was at that very moment little Rectum von Schweetz walked past, ladder in tow. Hey, Mr. Jisms, I guess you could say Mr. Dickles had your cock and ate it too. Coming up next, your hometown weather. What did you think? Was that good? I hope it was good. I spent five minutes putting that together. Five whole minutes. Because I care. Because I care. That's it. And the podcast is at an end. (laughs) That's enough. God damn. I I forgot. You were talking about fucking football earlier. Preseason. The Hall of Fame game is tonight. I mean, it's something. Like, just to have football back on TV. How fucking great is that? Oh, my God. And then we're going to the only... The one and only Nashua Silver Knights baseball game of the entire season the kids and I are going to. I don't particularly want to, but I feel like, God damn, the whole summer's going to go by and we haven't been to a single ball game here in Nashua at historic Holman Stadium. Anyway, who cares about that? We'll go, we'll be over, get out of there. Uh, That's it. I have nothing left to say for this week. I have plenty to say, but I'm going to save it for next time. I hope you enjoyed 
I hope you have enjoyed the Birthday Boy podcast this week. Episode 15. We keep going every week. There's an every week there's a new episode and I keep coming back and doing it again. And uh, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell your fucking f- tell your friends and family about it. Don't even mention like, hey, I have a friend who has a podcast. Just be like, hey, I was listening to this podcast. If you like this podcast, that's the best thing you can do. Tell somebody. Just be like, hey, by the way, check out this podcast, Birthday Boy podcast. Like, show them on your phone. Send them. Just shoot them the fucking link to the to the whatever to the Spotify or to the iTunes podcast thing or whatever. That would be a hugely tremendous favor to me. And then they'll come back and say, we can't be friends anymore. (laughs) And, you know, I did you a favor because what kind of fucking friend you want that person in your life as a friend if you suggest the Birthday Boy podcast and then they listen and they come back and say, no fucking way, dude. That sucked. So I'm doing you favors. Uh, But, you know, if you could share the link on Facebook and like, hey, here's a link to my to this great podcast, this great new podcast that I found. Ah, wink, wink. That would be lovely. That would be lovely. And keep leaving, leave reviews, a five-star review on, uh, on, on the iTunes podcast thing would be great. And comment if you want to. I love that. Uh, birthdayboypodcast at gmail.com. That's how you can reach me. There's also a playlist on Spotify. I mentioned this when I posted on Facebook. If you go to Spotify, I, I don't even know. I, I'm, there's a playlist, and it's called it's called Birthday Boy uh, Podcast. Um Birthday Boy Podcast Tunes. Uh, and on, on Spotify, I'm JB Hopkins 2010. And if you if you find, uh, I don't know, I don't know how you search for a playlist on Spotify. Just, I guess, type in Birthday Boy Podcast Tunes and you'll find the whole playlist. I share the link on Facebook, but uh, that's that's how you find it on, on Spotify. All the all the tunes that, that you hear on the podcast, I try to put them into a playlist if you're if you're interested. It's really mostly for me. Because I'm interested because they're my songs that I like. Okay, that's it. We're done. Out of here. Have a great week or not. I don't care. <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week. We'll talk to you next week. I do care. I want you to have a I want you to have the best goddamn week ever. Come back next week and do it again. We'll have some we'll have some fun, I hope. And I got more stories and more shit. The sounding board is a never ending uh, conveyor belt of hilarity. So we'll have that. We'll have all kinds of shit. Maybe Fritzy will be back. Maybe he'll take the week off. I don't know. We did it all. We've said enough, and we're out of here. And remember, positivity, really, it gets you It gets you a fucking confrontation with an angry old redneck at the drive-in uh, where you have to tell him to take his stupid radio off the car. So don't think positive. Be realistic. Uh, that's the mistake I made last week was being positive and thinking I wasn't going to have to go ask somebody to do something, uh, to stop doing something inconsiderate and rude. And I did because I always do because it never fucking fails. So positivity sucks and it's for shitheads. Uh, but kindness matters. Kindness matters. So uh, I, have a, I have a Mr. Rogers Funko that tells me every day that kindness matters. All right, shitheads. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. And there's a Cliffy call. It's a new Cliffy call. Cliffy Baseball is back. Cliffy Baseball has been reinstated to the broadcast booth. And you're going to hear him calling some action at the, the St. Lucie Spungos uh, baseball game while he, I don't know why this guy calls Cliff while he's trying to do the baseball game. It just gets him into more trouble. That little scamp. Anyways, that's it. Enjoy this new, brand new Cliffy Call. I guess they're all new. They're all new to you. I mean, there's no repeats. Anyway, enjoy this Cliffy Call, and we'll talk to you next week. 
Okay, later, gators. Oh my God, 
John L. Winslow, he just he stepped on a, a small child, brought a hamster, brought a hamster to the ball game, but probably a, a small pet of some kind. And John L. Winslow, he just stepped on it with his baseball cleats. He just killed a hamster. That's another dead animal. Blood on the hands of Darnell Winslow, ladies and gentlemen. It's a it's a dark day for baseball. And Cliffy, it's a dark day for being your grandmother because evidently she's going to sit and rot to death by the phone waiting for your phone call, Cliffy. Cliffy boy, this is Uncle Cliffy Baseball telling you to get up off your ass and call your grandmother right now, Cliffy. I mean, what the hell are you waiting for? God damn it, you goddamn butterboard son of a bitch. Now, what are you doing there? You know what? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would like to take this opportunity to tell you uh, I'm going to I'm going to try to refrain from yelling at my nephew Cliff. He's uh, he's good for nothing, and he doesn't call his grandmother, he doesn't call his uncle, he doesn't come to the summer spectacular on Hilton Head Island. Brought to you by delicious Welch's grape juice. I don't know what else I can tell you. I don't know what more I can say. What more there is left to say, Cliffy? Except pick up the goddamn. Get, pick up the fucking phone, Cliffy. Pick up the fucking phone and call your grandmother, goddammit. But you know what? You know something, Cliffy? I'm not going to let you do this to me. I've gotten enough trouble already. Your things, the things I had to do to get my job back here in the here in the broadcast booth, you don't even want to know, Cliffy. It's the kind of thing, well, who knows being the sicko that you are, it's the kind of thing that might turn you on, turn you, on you, you sick little butter boy, son of a bitch. But anyways, Cliff, I'm, I'm not even going to get into the details of what uh, Uncle Cliff, Cliffy Baseball had to do to get back. Allowed back into the broadcast booth, Cliffy. I'll leave that to your sick, twisted, perverted imagination. So, Cliffy, I, if, if ever I guess there was a time to stop toggling your balls or pick up the phone and call your grandmother, this might be a nice time to do it. In any event, here comes the, the next player up at bat. Here he comes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the next player up at bat. This is, uh, this is Rim Dickles. The great Rim Dickles, he, ha- he hails from uh, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, all the way from Punxsutawney. Uh, who knows if he's going to see his shadow. I know he'd like to see the shadow of a baseball flying high over this beautiful ballpark here in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Beautiful, beautiful. Slacks World Stadium here in the Pizzle. And I tell you what, I've never seen a better crowd here at Slacks World Stadium for this ball game between the Spungos of Port St. Lucie and the convicts of Fort Pierce. And here he comes. Jim Rickles. Rim, Rim Dickles, excuse me. My my goodness. A little faux pas there. A little slip of the tongue. Cliffy, that's something you'd know all about, wouldn't you? You sicko. You little, you little sick little pervert sitting around all day toggling his balls, ladies and gentlemen. That's that's my nephew Cliff sitting around toggling his balls. Doing, doing God knows what. Thinking about things to do. Uh, slipping the tongue to who knows where, to who knows who, and who knows when, and who knows where. He's just a sick little bastard, and he doesn't call. He doesn't call his grandmother when he should. So Cliffy, if you could take my advice, pick up the goddamn phone as soon as possible and call your grandma, Cliff. She's waiting. She's standing by. And once again, here's uh, here's Rim Dickles, Rim the great Rim Dickles. And, uh, not Dim Rickles, as I just said. That's a that's a different character altogether. Rim Dickles up at bat, and I would like to take this opportunity to tell you that today's ball game here at Slacks World Stadium is brought to you by Breezy Boy Brand Windmills. Evidently, Breezy Boy Brand Windmills are a real brand of windmill, and not something that I made up, that's for sure. Breezy Boy Brand Windmills. Ooh, that's breezy, breezy. Okay, here we go, and... Rim Dickles.
rolls up at bat. And uh, this is just one last opportunity to tell Cliffy, my nephew Cliffy, get your hand out of your pants, stop toggling your balls, pick up the phone, and call your grandma, Cliff. Cliffy, I don't know who the hell you think you are, goddammit. I don't know who the... I don't know who the fuck you think you are, Cliffy. You're sitting around all day. You're making me do this on a baseball broadcast. Tell you to call your goddamn grandmother. You should be doing it every goddamn day. Well, what's so important? What's what's so great in your life, Cliffy, that you can't pick up the fucking phone and call your fucking grandmother, Cliffy? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I would like to take this opportunity to just apologize for the rather and appropriate language you heard just a few moments ago. Uh, evidently, we're having some technical difficulties, much like how my, grand, my nephew Cliff is having technical difficulties when it comes to removing his hand from his pants and using it to pick up his phone and call his grandmother. Cliff, I don't know how many more fucking times you're going to make me come out on a, a baseball broadcast. Hold up. Here's the 2-1 count. Swung on. Strike two for Rim Dickles. I missed the first couple of swings, but that's okay. It's now it's a 2-2 count. And here comes the next pitch. And Rim Dickles slid. Oh, he almost slid on that one. That's, that looks to be ball three. The 3-2 three count coming up for, for Rim Dickles. And while Rim Dickles is about to take a swing, how about I'll just take a swing and say, Hey, Cliffy, why don't you pick up the phone and call your fucking grandmother? I don't know what more it needs to take. Here comes the pitch. This one is swung on, grounded out to left field, and tossed to first base. Rim Dickles is out at first. Oh, that's a shame. I really thought Rim Dickles could really make a go of it there. And speaking of making a go, how about you go get up off your fucking ass, Cliffy, and pick up your phone and go call your grandmother as soon as possible. Cliffy, pick up the fucking phone. What are you waiting for, Cliffy? Ah, uh, Jesus. Here we go again. The guy, the, the suit's... Uh, the men with the suits and ties and the large muscles have now entered the, broad, the the broadcast booth, the baseball broadcast booth. I'm getting tongue-tied again, Cliffy. How do you like that? Did I turn you on, Cliffy, you butter boy, son of a bitch? I'll tell you what, Cliffy. It's, 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 it's clear to me that I'm about to get tossed out of my ass uh, a second time this year, so I'm going to take this opportunity to tell you to go fuck yourself, Cliffy. You hear me? Go fuck yourself. Fuck you and fuck... Fuck your phone and fuck your, 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 your little beer koozies and all that shit, Cliff. I don't, I don't have time for it. Get your hands off. Get your goddamn hands off me, you fucking son of a bitch, Cliffy. 